Good morning, beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, and welcome back to The Waiting Room. I pray that you are doing well. I pray that you rested well, and I pray that you are full of energy. Today, I'm not feeling very well, and uh, I'm going to rest today, but I've been leaning on Father all morning. I've been going through the motions for weeks now, even months, even years, beloved, and If you've been following me since the beginning of this podcast, I'm sure you've realized my growth just within these past couple of years, right? We go in and out of seasons where we walk in boldness and such faith that that we know we're great, we're golden, nothing can shake us, right? And then here comes the devil, planting those thoughts, reminding us of who we were via other people. The devil always wants to remind you of things that you could never be to this world, right? Like I have the same talents as the next guy, but I can never seem to make things happen the way others can, right? I've endured a lot of turmoil like throughout my entire life, and I know I'm not the only one, but sometimes the weight of it is just uh, agonizing because sometimes those of us that carry a lot, we don't have a whole lot of people to lean on and even if we do we don't do it we are we are so beat up by the world and so beat up by everything we've been through that we don't want to engage anymore and that's kind of where i'm at i love to see my family i love to see everybody but it's very limited i need to be by myself and and talking to Father and leaning on Him and letting Him infuse me with what to do with my day. And today, like I said, I'm not feeling very well and I'm just not motivated for much, but I am motivated to share something that came up on YouTube this morning while I was feeling just dismayed. And you gotta love Father. He provides everything, even through YouTube. (laughs) He's always on time. He's always on time. And so I want you guys to be encouraged. I want you to be filled up with the joy and the rest and the peace of Jesus. And and don't let that devil plant those thoughts. Don't, Don't get discouraged, beloved. I know that it's hard. It's hard to come out of the world. It's hard to... Like I find myself wanting to do all these things to, you know, draw attention to the designs I'm making or draw stuff to my website that I'm just now starting to create and I'm trying to rush things and and then I have to step back and say none of it really matters. If Father wants to make it fruitful, it will be. I don't have to work that hard, right? It will come when it's supposed to come. I just need to take my time, keep doing my, keep working on my designer's portfolio, keep on offering services um, pro bono to build my portfolio and just let Father work with it and keep my intentions pure, right? Anyways, today I'm gonna share a podcast with you from Jack Hibbs. 
and it's about the rapture and it's about backsliders and will they be raptured if they're not walking with God or if they're caught in their sin or you know whatever whatever the case may be it's going to be about that he's going to discuss that and I feel like it is going to encourage somebody out there just like it encouraged me this morning when I listened to it so I pray that it edifies you today here we go there was a question that was asked of me some time back and um it is basically this so I had mentioned uh about if the Lord came back momentarily in the rapture and if somebody was like the prodigal son, if somebody was like the the um, backslidden Christian, um, if somebody was like um, someone who is not paying attention, uh, even maybe listen, even backsliding, backsliding, and and living in sin at this moment, and the rapture happens. Imagine the rapture happens in the next five minutes, and. I made the comment that that person will go up. If that person's born again, listen carefully, everybody. Number one, if that person is born again, there's no scripture in the Bible that says you can be unborn again. In fact, number two, there's overwhelming amount of scriptures that declare to us that once we are truly, in fact, born again, it means that we're sealed by the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. Read the book of Ephesians chapter one and two, among other passages of scripture that uh, co correlate with that meaning this that once the holy spirit first corinthians 12 takes up residence within the believer you're sealed that is you're marked unto the day of redemption that is an agreement between jesus christ and the holy spirit regarding your entrance into heaven so make no dis make make no uh what's the word state don't be in a state of confusion over this are you born again if you're born again, you have a passion to live for God. And even if you backslide, you are miserable. You can't even sin good anymore. Amen. <laughs> you're in the world. You're sleeping around, shooting it up. I don't know what the thing is. But you're, 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 you're angry at God. He didn't answer your prayer. You didn't win the lotto. So you're taking that on him. And you throw down your toys and you walk away like a brat. And you're, you're in the world. And you know you shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. You're miserable. But you're miserable also with God, and you're really having a battle. You know what's right, but you're not doing it, and you can feel it's the brutal pressure and tension of God the Holy Spirit and His displeasure grieved from the inside out of you that you're you shouldn't be in that bar or with that man or with that woman or in that situation. Amen. You know you shouldn't. Listen, most likely you are a backslidden Christian. It's an actual thing. Paul talked about the Corinthians being backslidden. In fact, first, first Corinthians chapter five, this, this is crazy. First Corinthians chapter five, verses four through six. Te technically, just read first Corinthians five, starting in verse one. I'll just paraphrase. There is, Paul says, there is somebody in the church there, Corinth, a young man who is having sexual relationships with his stepmom and you all you guys know about it and you've not judged and cast this guy out excommunicated him you've not thrown him out of the church well i'm telling you something i may not be there but my spirit's present and i'm telling you do this now you take this young man cast him out of the fellowship of the of the church get him out can't come back on the property 
we're going to get a restraining order on you. You get out because you are like leaven. You're like poison and you know better. Listen, cast them away. And the Bible says right there, put them out. So Satan will kill him, destroy his body so that his soul will be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I can hear you right now saying, wait a minute, where's that? 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 to verse 6. That guy was so saved, but he was so backslidden. He was thrown out of church. And Paul said that, let Satan destroy his body so that the guy can be saved. God in his mercy will actually rescue this guy and people like you, if that's what you're doing. He'll rescue you from your horrible witness by taking you home prematurely. Amen. Think of that one. Okay, but here's the deal. Listen to this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. And now little children. 1 John's written to believers. It's important to know that. Not non-believers. There's me, no evangelism at first. Let me pause this really fast. So when he's saying that 1 John is written to believers, it's because when you read the Bible and when you come to an understanding about Scripture, you realize that it is very important to know who the author is, who the audience is right in the context that way you are able to rightly divide the word because some of the bible is written for the jews right to the jews i mean and some of the bible is written to the gentiles all of the bible is for all of god's people but there are specific audiences that the writers were speaking to and so that's just something that holy spirit helps you with uh, once you come to Christ. And yeah, I just wanted to stop and say that. Let's continue. In our third John, it's all discipleship written to believers. That when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Do you know what that verse means? That means that we need to be living in such a way that when Jesus Christ appears, notice it's actually not a uh, coming like the first and second coming. This is not the second coming of Christ. It's about the rapture. When he appears, John chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3. When he appears, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Okay, when he appears, you want to be walking with God in obedience and be confident. If you're not, when he appears, you're going to be ashamed. You're going to be embarrassed. What's the word? You're going to have yoke all over your face. You're going to look like a fool. Does it say there that you're going to lose your salvation? Does it say there that you're going to have to, sorry, but now you got to go through the tribulation period to get your salvation back? No. No, listen. If you're a believer and you can live in sin, if you think, and there's a lot of people like this, if you think that you are a Christian, but you're living in sin and God forgives you and you have no hatred for your sin, your sin doesn't make you want to vomit. Your sin, you've just, you just gotten used to it. You just kind of nuzzled on into it. And this is the way that it is. I'm a Christian fornicator. And that's, that's just the way it is. Or I'm a Christian adulterer. Or I'm a Christian bank robber. I'm a Christian car thief. <laughs> I'm a Christian drug addict. I'm a Christian drunk. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the way it is. Guess what? There's an incredibly high probability that you do not know God at all. 
Because if you don't hate your sin, because the Holy Spirit hates your sin, if you don't hate your sin, there's good evidence that the Spirit of God doesn't dwell within you. So if you ask the question, do you mean I can be a backslidden Christian and, and just do whatever I want to do and get raptured when, it, when it's over? Then that's just what I'll do. A, a true believer will never think that way. Amen. Let me pause it again. Let me pause him again. You know that you are are truly saved. You know that you are truly born again because it changes you, right? When you truly come to Christ, (coughs) excuse me, beloved, when you truly come to Christ with a repentant heart, and it's not just water baptism, that's part of it, right? A lot of people do that as an initial washing and an initial dedication but as i've told you guys many times before though i was baptized in the water in 2016 i was not baptized with the holy spirit until 2017 when i truly came to christ with a repentant heart and he renewed me and restored me and he's been doing a work ever since but the reason I paused that was because a true believer will never be comfortable living comfortably in sin. A true believer will never be comfortable if they're constantly, you know, drinking and, you know, doing all kinds of drugs. And it, it's it's just when once you come to Christ, you're prompted and there's things that will seriously bother you. And so... What he's trying to say is that a true believer, somebody who has truly given themselves to Jesus, would never have the audacity to sit there and say, oh, well, I'm saved, so I'm going to live any way I want because I'm forgiven and I'm covered in the righteousness of Jesus. A true believer would never do that. And so we're just, you know, words. (laughs) I just wanted to say that again. You know how I am. By the way, to think that way, it's a term we've used before in some of our broadcasts, and that is antinomianism. It means that I can not only sin, but if I sin, then I give God the opportunity to forgive me, and that makes God look great. Wow. <laughs> so if I sin big, God's grace is big, so everybody wins. You know, Paul the Apostle addresses that attitude in Romans chapter 1, 2, and 3. Shall we sin that grace may abound? What does he say? Absolutely not. Because the scripture makes it very clear that you and I are, as children of God, we are haters of sin. And listen, it's one thing to see the sins in other people and be disgusted by them. But when we see those same sins in us, it's actually worse. It's worse for us. And so... Listen, it's very important. Will backsliders be raptured? Yes, they will. Amen. Will they be ashamed when that happens? Yes, they will. Yes. Should a backslider right now repent and make it right with God right now? Absolutely right now. Yes. You need to stop what you're doing. Repent of it. Repent means repent means get away from it. Repent means turn away from it. It's a physical action. It's not just a confession. Well, I went to confession and I, I told my sins to the priest, so whew, now that that's done, I can go rack up some more of the same. You're an antinomianist. You're not a Christian. You're lost. 
You can't do that. You can't go to confession, get washed, so you think. Okay, Hebrews, by the way, tells you you're not washed. Read, read Hebrews chapter 7, 8, and 9. You're not washed. When you confess to an earthly priest to seek forgiveness, the Bible says you're not forgiven. Amen. I can hear the hate mail now. Yeah, that's ahead. true. Amen. That's what Scripture say, says. Oh, the Holy Church, the Holy Church. Nope. What, what Holy Church are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Holy Church? <laughs> no. The church is a bunch of sinners saved by the grace of God. Amen. There's no <laughs> Hallelujah. Holy Roman Empire. Amen. There's no Pontifus Maximus <laughs> that can absolve you of your sin. That's right. You'll find that in the Bible. You'll find the exact opposite. That's right. There's no earthly priesthood that can have your sins forgiven. Not a one. That goes for my Jewish friends also. Which you don't even have a priesthood anymore. You don't have a temple. Listen, this all comes down to relationship. Do you literally absolutely know for sure that God is living inside of your heart and life? Yes. You know, it's amazing. He's infinite, right? He's everywhere. There is no place, both physical or spiritual, where God is not. He's God. And yet, how is it that he has chosen to reside within his own children? Is a mystery we cannot explain. If you want religion, do not let Jesus in. If you want religion, do not let the Holy Spirit take up residence in your life. If you want to go play games and sin up a storm and have life your way and satisfy all your earthly pleasures and then slap a slap a cross or a or something on you know on you as being accepted yeah it's not gonna happen no listen if you are truly a living new creation in Christ Jesus you're living for the life of the spirit and you're and you're producing the fruit of the spirit so you cannot be sleeping with that girl or with that guy or doing those things or stealing from the business and call yourself a Christian. If you backslide, thank God that's for a season. You hate it. It could very well cost you your life. Or you'll come back like the prodigal son in the Gospels. Amen. I want to end with this. Amen. So in our, our college and career group, at Calvary Costa Mesa back in those days, back in the late 70s and 80s. In our college and career group, which was, man, a thousand plus people, Lisa and I were the only married couple in the entire group. In fact, when we would go on camps, uh, I would sleep with the guys and she would sleep with the girls, all the guys on one side of the camp and all the girls on one side of the camp. And I'd sleep with the guys. And um, all the guys would always ask me, how, how can you how can you stand being here with us when knowing that your wife is over there? <laughs> it cracked us up. We'd laugh about that for years. So funny. Uh, but we were the only married couple. We got married really young and all these college and career age people around us. And uh, one of our really good friends, I'm not going to say his name. I don't want to shame his family. Uh, it's actually not a shame. It's not, not a shaming, but it's to make the point. Um, 
I'll just call him, I'll call him Don. So Don loved the Lord. We hung out together with our little posse. We had our guys. It was just, it was Lisa and it was Julie and all the rest of them were about seven guys were all friends and we did everything together. We went camping together. We went witnessing together and um, everything together. It's awesome, awesome fellowship. We just lived our lives like that. Every Friday night, every Friday night, it was just written into the code. <laughs> every Friday night at seven o'clock, automatically, they'd all show up at our apartment and they'd bring chips and dip and food and we would stay up as late as possible on Friday night talking about Jesus playing trivia Bible trivia games having a great time going through the Bible my gosh those were great days uh, they're, they're not as great as the days are today that's how God works but they were awesome but I say that to tell you this so Don Don came from a life of alcoholism um, his dad was an alcoholic his mom was an alcoholic and so Don learned from an early age that when life gets tough, you drink. That's what you do. By the way, that's called learned response behavior. Amen. Growing up as a kid, when you see your parents or the authoritative figure in your life respond to life's challenges, you will do the same. You will do the exact same thing unless something happens, unless Christ intervenes. Thank so you, Jesus. what happened with Don is that Thank he was Jesus. saved out of an alcoholic background and God saved him and Don was awesome. So incredibly funny, great guy. But Don also, because he had a rough upbringing, he was also a little bit, not too much, but a little bit prone that when he got his eyes off of Jesus, like Peter, he would sink into depression. Not catastrophic depression like we know about these days, but he'd get bummed. And then he'd say things like, I don't feel like it. I don't want to. Come on, Don, let's go. We're the Pastor Chuck, there's going to be a great softball game at the church picnic. Let's go. I don't feel like it. And so Don started drinking again. And we hadn't seen him for like a week. And then Friday night shows up and there's no Don. Has anybody seen Don? No. We called Don back in those days. Got to dial the number. <laughs> no cell phones back in ancient history, ancient times. And we couldn't find him. And it wasn't until Sunday morning. I remember when Ralph came into church on Sunday morning. And he said, and he's crying. He said, did you, did you hear what happened to Don? What's the matter with you? Why are you crying? And he said, Don got into a head-on collision with a telephone pole on PCH. He was killed instantly. And the police said that he was absolutely intoxicated and the cab was just reeking of alcohol. Every single one of us knew in the moment, wow, God took him home. God took him home. He didn't lose his salvation. Listen, friend, if you can lose your salvation, you've already lost yours. <laughs> if you can lose it, you've already lost it. The good news is if you got it, you can't lose it. Amen. Remember that. It's very important. So what you want to do is you want to be walking with Jesus every day. And so that when he comes back or when it's time for you to drop dead, you won't be ashamed. It's very simple. God does not commit any abortions in his family whatsoever. Hope that makes sense. 
By the way, I want to do this right now. Father, for anyone who's out there right now that is just struggling with life itself, they may be able to say right now, I do believe, Pastor Jack, that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and he rose again from the dead, but I've been such a terrible witness. I've messed up left and right. I hate myself for it. I know I've offended Jesus. I've sinned against God. And I, I just can't even stand to look at myself in the mirror. Lord, you would say, Lord, depart from me. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Listen, my friend, there's, there's nobody in this podcast right now um, that would say to you, you know, get out. But for every true Christian, we would say to you right now, we know exactly how you feel. We've all been there. Amen. So I want to encourage you to come back home real quick. It takes a, takes a nanosecond. I know it feels like the enemy is shouting at you. God won't have you. Look at you, you terrible person. God will not accept you back. Satan's a liar. Don't listen to him. Go back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus right now. And get back on the course and keep your eyes set on the cross. And God will restore you. He will restore what the moth and the rust, the alcohol, the money, the girls, the guys, the toys of this world have robbed from you. And he'll restore you. Amen. He will. I hope that was edifying to you guys. I hope that somebody listening gained some perspective. You know, I hope that if you have lived a a chaotic life and if people have hurt you and you've just been angry and scared and I just pray that you let Jesus in your heart today. I just pray that you do. He loves you so much. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys go because I'm almost at my 30-minute limit. And I'm going to try to feel better, and I'm already feeling better. Father is so faithful. I'm so grateful to be his daughter. I love you guys. I pray that you guys draw near to Father. I pray that this encourages you to really, really increase your walk with him day by day and moment by moment. God bless you guys in a mighty, mighty way. Until next time.